After constantly being bombarded with emails, phone calls, and text messages on a daily basis asking, what would you do? Sometimes it's an, oh crap, I made a mistake, help me. And sometimes it's just a question about the latest technology and do we feel it's worth the investment? We want to help answer all of these questions. So welcome to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. We'll be interviewing experts in the industry to help answer the questions that you desire to know the answers to. And now, it's time for What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. Hello, and welcome to What Would Larry Do? I am Dr. Ann, and I'm here with Larry Helwig, and we have a, an extra special guest with us this morning. So this is Dr. J.D. McCoy. He is a great friend of ours, and he's the owner of Contour Medical. He's also an advanced inject, um, injector and trainer in the aesthetic industry, and he's a luminary physician speaker for multiple companies and technologies. And really, he's one of the leaders in the industry. So welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, that was quite the introduction. J.D., how long have we known each other? Oh, at least 18 years, I would say. <laughs> it's a long time. Uh, I've been on the podium with J.D. a number of times. Uh, he's all over the country giving talks and seminars and workshops and what have you. And, and I think you'll find him to be a wealth of, of knowledge. And uh, he, he has this way of making something that can be very complicated he has a way to make it very simple for the patient and and for the people that are uh, in the audience. So I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Well, thank you, Larry. Yeah, you're welcome. It's all good. Good. So we're going to talk a little bit about wellness in the cosmetic world. Oh, I love it. I know, right? It's, you love it too, right? <laughs> I do. Come on. It's a big passion of mine. <laughs> yes. And actually, one of the things that kind of spurred this was just observation year after year going back 18 years, Larry, <laughs> how in the cosmetic world, in the cosmetic medical world, the, the concept of wellness has become more, uh, more talked about, more mm -hmm. accepted. And I think of something as simple as some of the hair supplements mm -hmm. that have been available for many years, yeah. um, and the concept of doing some internal work with vitamins and nutrients to improve hair growth and to see people on the podium at cosmetic dermatology meetings talking about things like that <laughs> where i'm like shouting from the, the treetop okay man we've been talking about this for you know 18 to 20 years thinking about this as a naturopathic physician mm -hmm. having that background which um admittedly when i first started practicing i can remember uh, opening an account for restylin to do mm -hmm. Uh, volume injections. And I think I was the second naturopathic physician in Arizona to open an account. Mm -hmm. And I can remember all of this kind of pseudo resistance to a non MD doing cosmetic work. Mm -hmm. But year after year, what I learned really quickly, and I'm sure you've had the exact same experience, is patients want that. Mm -hmm. They want the balance in their treatment. They want to be able to talk about their nutritional supplements, uh, drug interactions, things that they can do to help themselves not only look good, but feel great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, wellness is about feeling good, looking good, having balance, having good energy, having the drive and ability to do what you want to do each day and hopefully have some fun while doing it. 
<laughs> At least that's how I think about it. <laughs> no, you're right. And actually, that's how I got into this aesthetic world was I was doing bioidentical hormones. And it was really getting women to feel so good on the inside that then they're wanting to change either their body physically or how their face looks to have everything be on the same page. You know, and it went back to always saying they want to look as good as they feel and feel as good as they look. And that's how I ended up getting into the aesthetics was it combined so well with the bioidentical hormone and nutrition replacement in women's health. Yeah, very similar. Um, I was doing a lot of bioidentical hormones early on. Mm -hmm. um, the difference uh, was my introduction to cosmetic was really from some of my HIV patients because mm -hmm. um, I was working with a lot of HIV patients that had facial wasting. Mm -hmm. And a couple of those patients asked if I could do some correction of their facial volume because they were planning to go to Mexico to do that. And at that time, I didn't even know what a facial filler was. <laughs> I didn't know what Botox was, a chemical peel. I was using bar soap to clean myself. And I, I don't think sounds I was... Sounds like Larry. I was, oh, that's right. It sounds like I think yep. Larry still is doing that. Yeah, still no, doing no, that. no, no. Larry's very clean. He's a very well put together dude over there. He's a little scruffy today, but... I know. Do you okay. like the goatee I like change? the scruff. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. He's got some androgen, androgenic uh, activity going there, going some good hair yeah as long as it's not on the back right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can we're fix trying that, to though. avoid that we, we've got I a don't tool know, Larry, for that though. do you need us to look at your back for we're you we're good we're good thanks um, but i uh, learned very basic technique to inject mm -hmm. the facial filler injected those patients and the way i inject now compared to then is like light years <laughs> different but even with that basic technique i made them super happy mm-hmm and in that moment, I saw that I could change a person's life mm -hmm. by making them look better. And I wanted to continue that process of being able to make them feel good on the inside, too. And uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a struggle because, you know, patients in general want a really quick fix. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. were taught in school and boots on the ground. The hardest thing to change in a patient is their diet. Yes. And most patients, guess what? They need to change their diets because <laughs> most people have really poor diets. Yes. And the struggle with this, this is for me, especially because I, I try and stay as cutting edge on research and really exploring the evidence-based nature of nutrition and mm -hmm. the cosmetic stuff we do. Yeah. But a lot of the things that people think are healthy are actually not that healthy. <laughs> It's really scary because no, it is. the whole health industry has become so huge that a lot of it is driven by industry. Yes. Um, so that's like in the background. So it's a, it's, it's a process, mm -hmm. but I think we're, we're making uh, steps in the right direction. No, it is funny that you say that because I get into conversations with patients about diet all <clears> the time. And just based on my own personal allergies, I can't do any grains or legumes. <laughs> and the number one thing they say is they're like, well, what can you eat? And I'm thinking... There's a lot of other things in the world besides grains and legumes. What do you mean? I'm like, just it's called it's called fruit and vegetables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just interesting. You're right. Because sometimes I come down to people and they're like, I eat very healthy. And I was like, OK, well, let's do a diet diary. I want to see what this actual version of eating healthy is. And uh, yeah, it, it's very different out there. So you're right. There's a lot of education that goes into it. But I agree with you bringing, you know, this back to where it is, where I think we can make such a big difference is, you know, we get to make people happy. You know, you change how they look, you change something that's wrong, you clean up their acne. It's all of a sudden they're a different person. And the best part about it is now they want to change more things. So they're going to come back to you and ask you 
simple questions like, can you help me with this? Can you help me change that? And I think that's what makes it exciting is we have more to offer them than just the external. And the way that I like to describe that, because it relates both on the cosmetic side and the internal, Mm -hmm. is one, you're never done. (laughs) You are never done. If I was, I I do tattoo removal. I've been doing tattoo removal for about Mm -hmm. 16 years. If I was going to get a tattoo, I'd probably get a tattoo that said, you're never done. Because I think it really summarizes a lot of different things on so many levels. Mm -hmm. But to go with that, the things that we do, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. Meaning this is a long-term relationship. This is something where we're going to tackle lots of different things. We're going to peel it away from that onion. And maybe we start with little baby steps. Maybe it's like really basic hormones to start. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's doing a little Botox and filler to start. But Mm -hmm. then we can get to the nitty gritty of what's going on with skin quality. We can help them with not only uh, hormones are also going to be relevant to get the most out of the treatment that they're going to do, too. Because how many times if you have a patient that's all dehydrated, they look like a prune. (laughs) They've got dry skin. They've got inflammatory, you know, red skin, flakiness, itchiness. You've got to deal with all of that. You're not going to just treat them. Mm -hmm. And if you do, you need to have something to go along with it that's going to complement it. And sometimes it might be something like, okay, well, what's going on with their thyroid? What Mm -hmm. do their other hormones look like? Do they have any anemias? All of those different things that sometimes can slip through the cracks. And that can be life-changing for a patient. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Well, and that's been the big change over the last, uh, what, maybe five years, maybe a little more, is the comprehensive approach. Um, you need to do more nowadays. And uh, I remember when we did uh, some advanced training together years ago, people would come in and we were doing body contouring. Well, we added injections to it to help kill more fat. And it was like, it was a game changer. Nobody out there was doing it. Nobody was. We were, we were doing it 15 years easily before anybody else was doing it. Yeah, and so, you know, you were doing it using a device that actually killed fat, but then you injected prior to that to even kill more fat. And it was like, how'd you guys even come up with this? Well, it, it makes perfect sense. It does. And Larry, if you think back then, back, back in those early days of doing body contouring, we were also emphasizing that patients need to be well hydrated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as that because the devices are heating the tissue so that we get some good tissue contraction and get mm-hmm. yep. hopefully some fat reduction. But if there's not enough trace minerals there, enough hydration, enough water, it's really hard to heat it up, which means it's not going to work well and it's going to be painful. That's right. So we would be talking about hydration with patients and they would get not only a more comfortable treatment, but that's why we were getting some of the best results in the country, arguably. Yeah. In fact, they still it. use our photos yeah. from back then, yep. some of the manufacturers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Usually our names are not <laughs> attached to the photos, but, <laughs> but there are photos. <laughs> but there are photos, or our patients. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that's the thing. And, and it's all the little things that we have added on over time, whether it is hormones or it is this or it is that. You're doing the inside-outside, which is how we started the conversation. And I think it's going to be more and more important down the road. But I, I do recognize when we go out and give talks and stuff, everyone's asking, what else can we do? How do we do that? And uh, so lately, we've talked about things like exosomes. We've talked about other things that you can add so that you get even more out of a treatment. So that's good. But I think the whole wellness idea 
like when we do someone that wants a better body and there's weight and you know we're not actually going through a a diet program with them we but we try to inspire them to to be careful but it's like lose one pound a week just mm -hmm. do something you know it's not like you've got to go out and kill yourself it's you but you it is a marathon do one pound a week you just get it started and the difference is going to be tremendous and then that process that learning curve that journey that you go on to the destination is what teaches you the future so and i think when you are able to treat a patient in that way when you're developing that kind of a, a deeper relationship right that's also what creates a loyalty with the patient, yeah. meaning they're yeah. not they're not going to just go to <clears throat> someone else because you're you're building that whole treatment plan for them and helping guiding them on their journey. Yep. And for a lot of these patients, it is a journey because sometimes this is totally foreign territory. They've never done anything like this. Right. Um, sometimes they've done everything and then they're coming to you because nobody else has been able to help them, yep. uh, which makes it even more difficult sometimes. Yeah. But then the relationship that you build from that is really, really strong. Yeah. Um, the other, just last week, I had a patient that came in and she was coming in for a little enhancement on her disport. So I include a complimentary enhancement at two weeks for anybody that, you know, just to make sure everything is perfect. Yep. Mm -hmm. So she was booked to come in for that enhancement. So I walk in the room and she's got this really beautiful outfit on. I'm like, well, look at you all dolled up. Cause you know, a lot of patients come in, they're just out in their workout gear. Right? Yes. Yep. I was so, just going to say so, that so gym when, clothes. Yeah. So when you have someone that comes in, that's dressed to the nines and looks really sharp, I, mm -hmm. it always like makes me stop. And I always like to comment and compliment mm. the person. So a month earlier, I had done her thyroid medication, her hormones, and kind of wanted to change some things that her doctor was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> so she's sitting on the chair and she, she's going to do the enhancement. And I had given her a compliment and she looks at me and I said, so how are you doing? How are things going? What's new? And she just started bawling. Tears of joy, smile. She's like, Dr. McCoy, I can't tell you how much better I feel since you've changed my thyroid. I feel like a new person. I can't believe how exhausted and horrible I felt for the last 10 years. And in two weeks, the difference in my life is tremendous. And she's just all appalling. And I had a nurse ob observing with me. She started bawling. Then I started bawling. <laughs> so, and I was walking in just thinking I was going to do a little disport yeah. enhancement. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty amazing. And all I did was take her off of a, a synthetic thyroid and just put her on a sustained release T3. Mm -hmm. Simple, simple change. Mm -hmm. um, and it might not be right for everybody, but I felt yeah. like it was going to help her. Yep. Well, it was like night and day difference. Yeah. And when you think of someone that is having a hard time getting out of bed, wants to do all these different things, has low energy, mm -hmm. um, doesn't feel like she has any ability to lose weight because she's doing everything she can do but not seeing any change, and then all of a sudden you can make a change like that with someone. Mm -hmm. It's it's profound. It is. It's it's amazing. And you know, that's what that's what I want to do with patients. I don't want to just make them look good. I want to make them feel good too. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that with every patient, but it was just such a great it was just a great recent uh, experience yeah. that I thought, man, 
like for me, if I was going to choose where this would go is that we were able to take the time to do that kind of assessment and thorough change with every single patient. Mm-hmm. Because right now I don't, I don't have the time to be able to do it with every single patient. Yes. So that would be that to me, that would be just like, that would be an amazing evolution for things. But I don't yet, know. yet you're giving more time than they get at any physician's office. That's, That's exactly. That, that. It, 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 it's, it's hard to just say, okay, this is going to be an hour. You know, you can't just always do an hour. But when they come in for different various things, they get quite a bit of time. I mean, if you were to compare it, I go see my family practice. I mean, I, I'm good for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that's it. You know, that's, that's everything. Yeah. And that's a once a year exam, really to find out if I'm psychologically okay, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you want to kill yourself? You know, you have all this list of questions. Once you're on Medicare, the questions they ask you are just so I mean, I can't believe every single question has to do with how horrible you must feel or are you going to want to kill yourself or whatever. And it's like by the time you get in to see the doctor, it's like, no, I'm not going to kill myself. I feel pretty good. You know? <laughs> You're doing great, though. <laughs> yeah. Do you even need to see me? You know, and it's kind of like, probably not. <laughs> So, but I, I think that's it. You know, you, you're getting these, uh, the patients are coming in and getting more time with the aesthetic in the aesthetic field for the most part. Yes. And, uh, and I think when, you know, both of you being naturopathic, your backgrounds, the whole body, the whole uh, everything, I think it leads so well to that. Mm-hmm. Bedside manner is different. All that is different than what you learn in a lot of the other medicines. And, um, and I think it makes a big difference. But t- having the time and taking that time for a little bit more, e- even though maybe you can't do all of it at one time, it, it's adding up. Over a year, they've probably gotten an extra hour, hour and a half of time that they didn't get from anybody else. So it's pretty substantial. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's definitely what started us down this path is just realizing <clears throat> the opportunity that we have with these patients to take that extra time with them where you can literally ask three different questions and set them down a path to help them feel better. And I mean, 90% of the time for me, what I have to do is say, okay, so we're going to schedule you a follow-up <laughs> Yes. <laughs> because I'm either sending you for blood work or I need you to do this for me. I need you to do a diet diary and we're going to bring you back and we're going to go over this more in detail. But it's the fact that you've given them an idea of like, what is the next step? Because I find a lot of times they don't know what the next step is. That thyroid patient is perfect. She's seeing her doctor. She's on a medication. They're not identifying that she's not converting to T3, even though you can look at the blood work and see that. So nobody's adjusting it. And she just thinks that I'm going to feel this miserable for the rest of my life. Like this is normal. And, and the thing is, for a lot of these patients, that is a normal scenario. Yes. Where they'll be prescribed something hormonally and they'll be on it for like 10 years, 15 years with no adjustments and no real Mm follow-up. And often when I'll do a follow-up, I just take the time to actually really review the labs and explain it to the patients, Mm -hmm. which they really appreciate because usually they're not explained what is going on in their labs. Yeah. And then the labs are one thing. Most of the time, I'm looking at their yeah. characteristics. Mm-hmm. So we'll stick with thyroid just because it's really simple. And it's yeah. 40% of people have a thyroid issue. So it's really mm-hmm. relevant to the audience is, you know, if they have some thinning of the lateral brow. 
A lot of patients that have problems with their eyes, it's not necessarily fat atrophy. It could be related to thyroid function. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I'll do thyroid on a patient and their eyes look significantly better before I do any treatment on them. Yep, that water collection around there. Yes, and just taking their pulse, just taking, getting them to do their basal temperature. Mm-hmm. These are kind of standard medical practices that have been lost. <laughs> Meaning we were no. taught in school, good yeah. physical exam and good standardized medical care is due doing temperature, pulse, actually your Achilles reflex is another Mm -hmm. measurement of thyroid. And labs are actually kind of meant to be secondary. Mm -hmm. Um, So the problem is the art of doing just basic physical exam has been lost. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we all do it perfectly, but we have the opportunity to kind of observe some of those things in patients and ask questions um, that I don't think happens elsewhere. So it's a great opportunity. Yeah, well, and that's, for me, it always goes back to the labs are one thing, but you also have to ask the patient, how do they feel? Like, I I feel like physicians sometimes are so quickly to look at the labs and say, oh, everything's normal, you're fine, just move on. And it's like, but wait, no, I still don't feel good. So can we look at everything together as a whole and maybe try to figure out what piece is off in there that's allowing me to not feel good? And that takes some detective work sometime. Mm -hmm. I'll use my mom as a good example. I've done my mom's hormones for like 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have a picture of my mom because that would be pretty, that's yeah. pretty <laughs> unbelievable. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And Larry actually was yeah. involved. The very first big treatment I did on my mom was using the old portrait. Oh, so the nitrogen well, plasma yeah. when she was 56. And we did that together. Un- unbelievable. And my mom looks fabulous <laughs> at 72 now. But, um, but she was having some problems with hot flashes and... I was looking at her hormones, and it wasn't a hormonal thing. It was a blood sugar thing uh, and looking at cortisol. Yep. So all like the simple fix for my mom that if she had gone anywhere else, they would have just tried, tried to load her up on more estrogen yep. was have her drink some sweet juice before bed. Bam. Yeah. Is that miraculous or what? Yeah. Because her blood sugar, because the detective work was when are the hot flashes happening? Well, it's happening at night. Sometimes I'll wake up at two or three in the morning and I'm sweating and I have to throw the sheets off and yep. I'm super hot. Well, that's because cortisol is elevated because your blood sugar has mm-hmm. dropped. You get an adrenaline r- r- rush and then mm-hmm. bam, you start sweating and you have a hot flash. Mm-hmm. So you start, you drink a little juice or you have something sweet and it's going to give you that blood sugar and bam, no hot flash. Yeah. But if you don't do the detective work, you're not going to figure that out. It's not going to be the same for everybody. No, you're but, right. But it was just something that popped in my head because my mom was, you know, obviously it's my mom, so I want my mom to be good. <laughs> you care. <laughs> That's you actually great. care. <laughs> but I actually, I'll pause. I'll do this a lot. I don't know if you do this. Um, I'll actually pause when I'm with a patient and I'm like, on the fence about something, whether it's a treatment or a medication. And I'll actually think to myself, okay, if this was my mom or if this was my sister or my brother, you know, what, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really, it's a really good habit to have yeah. because, and then I'll, I'll even say it to the patient. I said, well, if you were my sister, I, cause I have to be careful. Cause if I say, if you were my mother, I don't want to like offend anybody. <laughs> I was going to say a sister's an easier way to go. <laughs> or my aunt or <laughs> you can say something. <laughs> but, but I do do that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a, a good way to think about things. Yeah. I think part of the problem is um, patients have normalized being abnormal. Yes. 
because their sister is, their mother is, everyone else is, and that this is the new norm with age, that you're supposed to feel like crap. You know, you're not supposed to feel high energy anymore. You're not supposed to feel that good because everybody they know doesn't feel that good. So it's kind of become the new norm for a lot of people, which is horrible. I think, and I think what's also happened is, like when I think of my grandparents, you know, when they hit 65, they retired and they didn't really do that much. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were pretty uh, sedentary. You know, they, they went to bingo, they played cards and, you know, they didn't do a lot where I look at my parents. So the next generation at that same age, they still want to maintain high activity. Yeah. So it becomes more relevant that they don't have the energy that they don't have the, the um, lack of discomfort mm-hmm. as far as if they have like uh, arthritis and different things of that mm-hmm. nature. But that's where, in a, in a real unique way, the way cosmetic medicine has shifted, where now we have treatments for face and body, you know, we can actually start doing things with a patient that can be preventative, that can be strengthening for their body, their core. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not even just cosmetic, it's also functional. Yes. Um, so how amazing is it that we have tools now that we never dreamed we would have had 10 years ago right. that we can take a patient and make them look better, improve their body contour, but also improve their strength, their walking distance, mm-hmm. um, ability to go up and down stairs. So, Golf so, game. Golf, everything. yeah, everything. So, so it's, it's really evolved into something where it's way more than uh, vanity and yeah. way more than just making something look better. It's, it's really that combination of functional improvement, feeling better and looking better. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's definitely what I see as well is like the patients who are in here wanting to look better really do want to feel better. They're willing to put in the extra work to eat healthier, to exercise. They'll take the supplements that they're going to have to take. They're ready to invest in it. And it's like Larry always likes to sell, you know, enhancement programs where he's getting the patients on, you know, their regular maintenance or enhancement treatments. But it's the same thing. They have to be invested in the enhancement of their own body internally as well. Yeah. So. And luckily we have tools that we can do that. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of being able to have the time and the interest. And I think we have both of those things. Yes. So, and then the investment part of it, the funny thing is a lot of these things aren't really that expensive. Mm -mm. Because if you look at something like hormone replacement, we'll use that as an example. Yeah. Um, On average, I think most patients will spend about $100 a month. Yep. Regardless of how you spin it. Yes. Like whether you do injections, pellets, topicals, pills, lotions, potions, it's about $100 a month. Yep. And I think most people would be willing to invest that. Yes. And uh, when you look at what someone might spend on other things, it's like, this is totally attainable. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of getting the information out there that there's something that people can do. Yes. Yeah. And getting them that little taste of it where once they start to feel better, they're like, I want more, you know, and moving that along. And I think that's one of the really big changes that we're starting to see in a lot of aesthetic and cosmetic practices is they're starting to really bring in this overall um, health and wellness aspect to their practice as well. Well, think about it. If I said to you, so let's go back 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, it's going to be pretty commonplace that a lot of cosmetic practices are going to be doing IV nutrition therapy. <laughs> you would have looked at me and said, uh, 
probably not, right? <laughs> we would have been open to it because we were trained in it and yeah. we used that. In fact, my first Myers cocktail I did on my classmate. You know, mm. we we would practice on each other. Our first B12 shots we did on each other. I just gave Larry a Myers cocktail last <laughs> week. <Same thing. laughs> there you go. He was, was recovering, my- and I was I dra- I was like, I'm doing an IV on you today, and I he's thought- like, Well, I don't know. And by the end, he's like, Yeah, I think I could have it. I just hooked him up. He had his pole. He was rolling down the hallway. So, yeah. so a Myers cocktail for the audience, so they know, is <laughs> like a high dose of vitamin C, mm-hmm. magnesium, all your trace minerals often, yep. and it's used as a, an immune stimulant, yep. basically, and a, it helps with detox pathways. And yep. it's very kind of kind of an old school, but it's become new school mm-hmm. because it's becoming much more mainstream. Yes, um, which is great because what it's doing is it's just opening people's eyes to the idea that. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything, um, nutrition is important. Yeah. And it's going to make you feel better. Yep. And there's good evidence uh, to support a lot of the components that are used in a lot of the IVs. It's mm-hmm. not like this is voodoo. It's not like it's something very mm-hmm. new. The literature has been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, and it's not crazy expensive either. No. No, but it was a it was a game changer for you last week, wasn't it? It saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt like it. I, I was uh, sick, really sick, and um, I had so much stuff going on, and it's like you know you can't you just can't continue at the at, you know feeling like crap. So anyway, got hooked up next day, so much better. Not a hundred percent, but you know probably eighty percent better, mm-hmm. which was huge. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of thing that um, can help anyone. I mean, you get worn out. You know, sometimes you get worn down. And COVID, I think, has played a role over the years. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the stress and there's this and that that you're doing. And you got a lot of events going on. Well, I mean, this is ideal. You get an IV and you feel good again. And, wow, it's just such a big change. And it really gives you that big boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it also speaks on on a deep level to some of the core naturopathic medical principles, <clears throat> because yeah. a lot of times uh, very early on, it's changed a lot, but you know, people, uh, colleagues would ask and the general public might ask, well, how does cosmetic medicine uh, blend or how does it mm-hmm. make sense as a naturopathic doctor to be doing cosmetic medicine? Mm-hmm. And the way I look at it is you really think about core naturopathic medical principles, Mm -hmm. which was using the food that you eat, the water that you drink, and light, sunlight. Mm -hmm. Those were like the core principles of naturopathic medicine. And when you look at a lot of the things that we use today, it's just a different route of administration. That's the way I look at it. Yes. You know, we have sunlight or we have a coherent laser of light. Mm-hmm. It's just a modern iteration of the exact same thing. It's light that yes. we're using. Yep. And whether it's some nutrients from something that's been grown in the ground or something that's isolated that we might inject mm-hmm. or use an IV or apply topically, it's just a different route of administration with a mm-hmm. modern twist. And I want to take advantage of some of those modern twists mm-hmm. when it's appropriate. Yes. And I think we do that really well. Yeah. Um, because it really uh, has uh, an affinity for the base training that we had, which yeah. was in a lot of these core principles. Even you think of an injectable gel of yeah. hyaluronic acid. Yes. You know, hyaluronic acid is a building block in our tissue. Yep. It's a glycosaminoglycan. 
we're trained in it. Every doctor is trained in it. Mm-hmm. And we're just injecting some of it to mm-hmm. add a little bit more where we want it. Yep. Bringing water yeah. to the area. While the gel is yeah. 99.9% water. Yes. It's just an expensive water. <laughs> water. <laughs> the most expensive water on the planet. Because <laughs> it's more expensive than platinum by ounce. <laughs> True. Yeah. I wish it was cheaper. <clears throat> I would love to do what I do for free. Oh yeah, I would love to do that. Oh yeah, but the these materials are expensive, so yeah. that's a that's a whole other topic. No, but absolutely, <laughs> and you're right. Going back to like the core principles, you know, we were always taught you have to treat the whole person: the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And when it comes down to the mental and the emotional, people sometimes want to underplay that if they have different things that bother them in the way that they look, it messes with their mental and emotional. That I can get everything corrected internally, have them on a perfect diet, you know, get their hormones balanced, get them exercising, but yet there's still something going on in their face or their body that's bothering them. Every time they look in the mirror, it eats away at them. And the second you fix that, it changes how they feel instantly. And then you really are treating the whole person because you're looking at them as, you know, one unit and not just picking apart the pieces. No, absolutely. And I, I can relate to that firsthand. <laughs> because one of the first lasers that I was trained on uh, was actually a little Krypton laser for doing uh, like uh, mole removals. Okay. And I used to have a mole on my neck right here. Okay. That when I was a kid bugged me so bad. I would never wear a shirt that showed my neck. I would intentionally wear shirts that would cover up the mole. Ah. And it bothered me so much. So when I was doing this initial training, uh, the doctor offered to remove the mole. I was like, oh my gosh. That would be that would be amazing, and removed the mole. And I can tell you, when the little scab came off, and I had no mole there, it felt like this huge weight was lifted from me. And it was so silly; it was just a little mole. Yes. And I probably could have done years of psychotherapy to try and fix the way I looked at that mole. But just removing that little mole, I can say, really changed my life. Yes. All of a sudden, I if I wore a shirt that was open, I didn't care. I'd actually take off my shirt because I wouldn't even take off my shirt. It was really amazing, and it was a learning experience very early on how sometimes little things Mm -hmm. can make a big difference for somebody. I agree, and that's the thing that you can change for them, and it changes their life. And, you know, Larry will always even say this with, like, body contouring, Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you you change one little piece, the patient's now motivated, they're they're working out Mm -hmm. more, they're they're walking more, they're taking the stairs when they weren't before because they feel so good. It, it just, it starts to be like that compound interest where all these things start to change and it moves them forward. And it can start with the smallest little thing. Yeah. I, I remember uh, doing a deep resurfacing on a patient and she had a mole right, right here. And, um, you know, nobody ever offered to take it off or remove it. And uh, so I, I'm doing the resurfacing and she's, under drugs, but I asked her about it because I didn't like it. I wanted it gone. And uh, yeah, you know, it gives me the yes. Well, what it came to be is she looked fantastic after the resurfacing, but all she could talk about was that the mole was gone. It was, yeah. you know, it's like, wait a minute, you have a whole new face, you know, but she, she was so into it. So and she probably again, never knew that she could even do anything. Yeah, nobody mm-hmm. offered, nobody wanted to, whatever, and it was like so easy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was crazy. Well, what, do you, what direction do you think 
all of this is going. I mean, there's, uh, I have, I think I've mentioned a couple times in our recent podcast that the technology, my belief is, the technology in the last three, four years is probably better than what we've had in the previous 10 or 15. I'd yes. agree. I'd it's agree. like, it's insane what this stuff is doing now. It is so good and it's so exciting. Where do you think it's going to go? I think as far as the technology, we've ta- we've kind of alluded to it earlier a little bit, but uh-huh. I think it's really that we don't necessarily need a huge jump in the technology itself, but maybe the way that we utilize the technology mm-hmm. and the things that we can use with it, whether it's topical exosomes, uh, other growth factors, other nutrients, uh, things internally mm-hmm. that can help us get the most out of treatments or combine with treatments. Right. Um, because often, you know, we've, we've seen that when you combine things in a mindful way, it's a one plus one equals, equals three, three yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and that, that is consistent. So I can't imagine it not being consistent with what we have now. But I think, I think the big piece is really this wellness piece that we've been talking about, that incorporating that into our regular practice with all of the technology, I think is only going to make things amplified and deliver the safest best results possible Mm -hmm. um, that are going to change people's lives and they're going to be with you in the long haul because it's a marathon not a sprint well it's just like what we were doing with the injections and body contouring i mean we do training classes and we talk about exosomes and i mean uh, we've been doing it for a long time now as have you people haven't even done it They, they don't even know about it you know they're just getting into prp Yes. Which, you know, we've all done for years. So it's like a, 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 lot, of, a lot of the offices are still um, a little slow to adapt and, um, well, it's or be- adopt, but I it's, guess. But it's partially because our bias is that we've always been early adopters. Well, that's know, true. Which, which yeah. Has, yeah. has a little bit of risk involved because mm-hmm. as an early adopter – uh, you're trying something that pretty much nobody else has tried mm-hmm. very early on. So you have to figure out how something works best, mm-hmm. uh, whether it works at all. Yeah. Um, and what then, can go wrong? And then how to get the most out of something new because you yeah. don't have a lot of other people you can go to to say, oh, how do you do this? Yeah. You're the one figuring that out. Yeah. Um, so we've always kind of had that luxury. And um, I'd hope that we continue that yeah. that path on that path. Um, but I think the thing that is cool is a lot of these things are becoming more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like everything, when you have more minds working together and more energy and typically more investment, yeah. um, then what ends up happening is you have a movement in the right direction, ideally. Yeah. Yeah, it's really been exciting. And everything going forward from conversations with some of the manufacturers and what they've got coming, boy, is that going to be fun. Yes. It's really good stuff. And, and again, getting people on board to adopt this new technology and combining the therapies together, uh, that's something we've, we've preached now for many, many years, but more and more people are finally starting to do that. Yeah. Well, so it's I, all good. I think one of the changes that we've seen more in the last couple of years, too, is when, you know, COVID-19 came about and 
people really began to be interested in their immune health and their overall health and what predisposes them to be at higher risk for, you know, an increased infection or death or whatever it is that patients are asking a lot more questions now about um, just simple things like nutritional health, immune support. And, you know, that's something that with Larry, I've always had in our office, you know, that's always been my background because it was women's health, bioidentical hormones. But I do find that patients now have an increased interest in not just looking good, but they want to feel good and make sure that they're having the healthiest body that they can. And I don't think that's going to change because Mm -hmm. people have the interest, but they really haven't been given clear answers. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, Which was unfortunate because this could have been a big opportunity Mm -hmm. to make huge strides relating to nutrition. Yes. uh, uh, The the importance of a healthy BMI, healthy weight. Yes. uh, Activity, exercise, sunlight, vitamin D, Mm -hmm. all these different things. Um, But obviously we have the audience and the audience I think is going to grow and I think it's just putting the tools in place so that we can make it as accessible as possible. Yeah. And, and I think with, with manufacturer support, I think if we start seeing uh, not just the providers doing this, but the manufacturers that sure. are selling yeah. the devices and building these uh, uh, procedures and different things from an education standpoint, the more that we have this kind of coming from all directions, the, the, the faster things are going to change and the bigger bigger things will change. I agree. I it's agree. huge. Well, it's good. Exciting. Well, I think we're kind of coming to the close of our program. <clears throat> any last words of advice that you would have for our listeners or any last key um, things that you want to tell us? I, I'd, say, I'd say the biggest thing right now is utilize the provider you have. And if you don't have a provider that is addressing some of the things that we've talked about during this podcast, Mm -hmm. you probably need to look for a different provider. Yeah. You know, because I think this is really important because there's my observation working with so many offices over the years as, as have you Mm -hmm. is the, the reality is a lot of offices do mediocre work. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a lot of amazing sources and providers that can elevate things to the next level. Yes. And this is art. And just like art, different providers are going to do things differently. Yes. So I'm all about elevating my art and all of my colleagues' art as much as I can. And I want patients to get that same experience. So make sure that you're getting fulfilled. This isn't just about getting a little cosmetic treatment. Ideally, it's that whole picture where it's addressing things from the inside out. And obviously, you'd be a great resource for that uh, <laughs> if, if people are struggling finding someone in that, in that regard. And I think the future may be that there's an association of like-minded providers mm-hmm. that kind of commit to that kind of functional approach to their cosmetic practice. Mm-hmm. So that would, be, that would be my little piece of advice. In addition to you're never done. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Larry? I did hear that. Oh, Larry knows that he's never done. Yeah. I'll be doing this until I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Working on it. I I'm know. A, I'm a full-time project. <laughs> yeah, according to Dr. Zimmerman over the Christmas holiday, he thinks you need a lot of work. Yeah, you were there, weren't you, when he yes. was going over my face? I was part oh of the facial God. assessment. Yeah. I kind of chimed in a little bit. 
I was like, oh, I, I need so much work. <laughs> oh, I yeah. wish I had filmed it for our staff, though. They, they missed out on that because he picks on everybody else all the time. And then when he got picked apart, it was it was very enjoyable. Yeah, Larry, Larry didn't like it that much. He, no, he didn't. He was doing what I do to everybody. And he did a really good job. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that was great. <laughs> it was. It was a good one. But hey, you know, keeps you on your toes, right? Yep, it does. Well, it good. Does. Well, I think that's it for today, unless you have any la- last words of advice, Larry. Um, I've said this before, but your likelihood of getting what you want is directly proportional to how bad you want it. So <laughs> if you feel something, if you want something, you know, go after it. Make the change. Get get what you want internally, externally. I think when you start doing that, you're going to get on a whole different path of wellness. So anyway, that's all I got. Good. Well, thank you all for joining us today. And thank you, Dr. McCoy from Contour Medical for being here with us. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to What Would Larry Do? Featuring Dr. Ann. Hear it live each week here or anytime 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com.